Hello and welcome to another episode of the Football Fignuts Podcast. This is episode number 39, and I'm Craig. I am Britt. And Britt, we're back again, and I have to say, I think I mentioned this last week, I really thought we were going to be in trouble for news in the offseason, and yeah. um, I don't think we're in any trouble at all. Not in the slightest. Like, not even a little. Nope, I completely agree. Nope. Um, but as we start off every week, yeah. um, I went out today, and I went purposely out to find new beers that neither one of us have had. Yeah. Um, and the first one up. We're running out of beers. You realize that? We're going to be drinking Corona think, Light by the season two. Are we going to run out two. of beers? Is that possible? I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible. Not now with the boom in uh, microbrewing. And the new, new another season's about to hit. So no, So this is um, the first one up, because we got two. Yeah. Is uh, by Knee Deep Brewing Company. Uh, it's fine craft beers. This is called um, Manjuice. A Mandarin Orange IPA. Mm-hmm. And there's a little green alien guy. Kind of looks like the Grinch. He does. He's carrying got, a large orange. He, the um, picture can. is. We'll, we'll, I, I wonder if can we put a picture on this our site without violating any copyrights? You think? Yeah, if well, we probably. Cr- if we credit? if we talk about it, it looks yeah. like if the Grinch and Oscar the Grouch had had a child and that, he had become a mad scientist, this is what he would look like. Yes. That that that's you my are, interpretation. You are definitely correct. All right, so let's try this bad boy. Fifty IBUs, six percent right. alcohol. Craig is going to drink. This is from, like we said, Knee Deep Brewing. Which is semi-local? Where are they based out? They're out of Newcastle, California. They're, they're so, so they're in the same country. Okay, yeah, that's not local at all. Okay, let's try that again, um, Craig. What do you think? I, you know what? I was expecting a lot more orange. Okay, I get some orange like peel on the back end. While you're talking, I'm gonna do my but sniff up and front, taste. Um, I don't get I don't get any orange up front. It's very very hazy. You cannot see through it at all. If I wouldn't call it hazy because hazy to me. Oh, God. If you hear any crackling in the background, it's the cat in the studio. Hi, Fiona. You insist on being on the podcast. By the way, hi, Deb, as well. Hi, Deb. Um, I, see, for me, okay. So a hazy beer is one that, like, light penetrates through somewhat, and it's like almost like there's bits floating in it, like it's juicy. This is just a full-bodied beer, and there's not a lot of light penetration on it. So Fair. I won't I won't use the word hazy personally to describe it. Fair. That you know, I don't get any orange from this at all. No, I was expecting a lot more orange. I guess there's some a lot orange more oranges peel. on the can. There is a lot of oranges on the can. There is. That is true. Uh, but it de- I get some, you know, orange peel on the like kind of like marmalade. Not very like hoppy a, either for an IPA. No. Kind of mild. Kind of mild. Yeah. Kind of so. mild. If you are listening to this, by the way, before Saturday, March thirtieth. What's Saturday's date? 30th. Saturday, March 30th. Craig and I will be going to New England Brewing Company that afternoon, probably with Cinch. I still haven't heard confirmed that yet um, to uh, do our first tour. So you can, uh, I, I, you know, I don't even know if we can do a tour. I thought I saw tour stuff on their website and I went back today and I couldn't find it. So we'll be going there for the, at least a tasting. At least a tasting. And keep your fingers crossed as of today, Craig, Double Fuzzy Baby Ducks was on tap. As of today. As of today. So yes. hopefully it can last two days. And there was a Saison on tap that I don't remember the name of, but the picture was artwork of Charles Nelson Riley. Okay. I kid you not. <laughs> they used the image of Charles Nelson Riley in his 70s outfit, ascot and all, to promote one of their beers. Nice. So I'm looking forward to going up there and trying a couple of beers nice. with uh, you and, and, and the wives. So, and probably Cinch. Probably. Hopefully. So. We'll all see. right. Burning Hot Take questions. Burning out day questions. Let's um, get to it. You've done more research than I have this week. 
for so for the record, I did zero prep work because again, Thursday night through Sunday, I was in Stamford, Connecticut at ConCon, the 30th anniversary of ConCon, playing board games until my brain could no longer process rational thought. <laughs> um, so it, and I'll, I'll be honest with you while Craig is looking up what he wants to ask me during uh, burning hot take questions. I conked out early virtually every night at ConCon. Yes. What time did you get up? Uh, well, so Saturday morning, let's Friday's a half a day. It doesn't start till one. I went to bed at like a midnight ish. Saturday was 8 a.m. I finished my scheduled gaming at 10 p.m. And I looked at my wife and I said, I'm going upstairs to have a beer and I'm probably going to sleep. I'm not staying up for the late night. It was 14 hours of straight gaming. That's a lot of games. 14 hours of straight board gaming. It's a lot of games. Including me teaching Rebellion, which if you know Star that's Wars a Rebellion. That's whole game within itself. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother story for a whole nother podcast. So anyway, so, all right, so burning hot take questions. Craig, um, I'm brain dead with no prep. You lead right. us off. So I'll sit here and drink beer. Sure. Odell Beckham Jr. Yes, was on was the only thing on my list of things to talk about today. So let's just do was it. On, um, well, the giant. Well, see, the Giants cutter kind of let this out that they were uh, shopping trades for him. Yeah, and I keep hearing conflicting stories on this, whether they so, are or they're not. The thing is, do you think the Giants did that on purpose to scare him, just to like sign his contract and shut up, or do you think they really want to trade him? I don't think the Giants because want I to heard trade this him. morning that he is going to report to um, camp, which he said he was not going to do previously. So right. yeah, that's a change in position for him. I don't know that they were trying to scare him so much as they were just trying to say, this is where we're drawing the line on your antics. My problem with Odell Beckham, and this is, so we might as well just get into this and get it done with. You do not walk in the door after playing three games Two games last year? What did he play? Yeah, two or three. Two or Four three games most. last year. You don't walk in the door and say, by the way, I'm tired of being on a rookie deal. I deserve $20 million a year. You don't. All right, how Ask. Wait, what is this, his fourth year? Yes. Because I looked year. up his stats earlier today, um, which I have on the phone, which is using the time <laughs> in the podcast, so I can't look it up. Um, <laughs> yes. No, he had th- oh. this would be his fifth year. Okay. He had three full years, and then he had like, the part- the shortened season last season. Right. So, and granted, his numbers are fantastic. In I, I'm going to throw, I threw out 2017 altogether, and he's got like 280 catches. He's averaging, uh, I think he had over 4,000 yards, which is averaging over 14 yards per catch. He had 30 some odd touchdowns. He's an amazing talent. You don't walk through the door coming off of injury and demand a contract upgrade. You also don't do those kinds of things when you're Odell Beckham Jr. and you're better known for losing a fight to a kicking net (laughs) than you are for your performance on the field. And if you don't believe me, and believe me, the ODB lovers have come out on Twitter whenever I posted about him and been like, I don't know. People have slammed me. (laughs) But go on Google and just write in Odell Beckham Jr. and click the images button. And you will find in the first 10 inches, at least half of them have the kicking net in them. Or a gif of it it punching him in the head. Yes. (laughs) There are just as many. And then him making up with it. There are just as many images of him with the kicking net incident as there are of him catching touchdowns or making big plays. It's just not good. 
It's just not good. So to me, the whole situation is insane. You report for camp for your last duty. What you do is you do this. You call the Giants and you say, listen, I'm coming in. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm loved in the locker room, which is true. Everyone speaks highly of him in the locker room. Yep. I want to talk about a new deal before the start of the season. In a show of good faith, I will show up for camp and OTAs. But we need a deal before the start of the season. That's what you say to the Giants. That would be acceptable. Instead, you said, I want $20 million a year, and I am not stepping a foot on your field until I get it. That's a bad idea. That's a bet. Yeah, and then what happens with... um. Uh, well, well, rather this then. So here, I'll tell you the teams the that are supposedly in the run if the trade is real. I've heard everybody, so go so ahead. So these are the top three teams I have found okay. are allegedly in the running for him. Yeah. The Colts. Meh. The Browns. Meh. And the 49ers. Meh. Allegedly. As of right now, those are the top three teams that would tr- make a trade for him. Hey, Odell, who do you want throwing you the ball? Jimmy Garoppolo, Tyrod Taylor, and then somebody else? Or who's the other team? Somebody on the Colts. Josh or Gordon, maybe, maybe Andrew no. Luck. I don't That's know. Josh Gordon, he's on the Browns. I, yeah, I don't actually, who's going to throw for the Colts? That's a good question. Maybe Andrew Luck? Maybe. We don't even know if he can move his arm. <laughs> See, that's the thing. And so, and again, I don't want to spend too much time. We're still in boarding hot type questions. We're still 10 minutes. We are. Out. We are. Frank Reich walked through the door into the Colts management, looked them dead in the eye, and said, I don't care if Andrew Luck comes back. I just want a goddamn Super Bowl with Nick Foles. <laughs> I'm going to make this shit happen. So, I, you know, it doesn't, it, to me, it's kind of like six and one, half, of the other, half a dozen of the other. Yep. Reich is not planning on him being there, but if he's there, great. That's Fair. the way I'm viewing this. But, yes, if Andrew Luck is throwing to Odell Beckham Jr. and they can get on the same page, that's fantastic. I mean, again, people say, oh, how can you... Dis-? He's a game-changing talent. Matt Berry said that on Twitter the other day. He's a oh, game-changing really? talent. And I said, he's a guy who's coming off an injury who's better known for his off-the-field antics and sideline antics than he is for what he's done for the Giants. And that's a problem. And that is a problem. Outside of... You know, ask my wife who Odell Beckham Jr. is. She doesn't watch football. She's going to tell you, is that the weird dude who got hit with the net? Yes. <laughs> Yes, he is now yeah, for is. us. Yeah, he's a guy who had over th- uh, 1200 yards each of his first three years and had double digit touchdowns in each of his first three years and then had got hurt in 2017. Yes, he's a great producer, but baggage comes with it. Yep. You got to be comfortable with that baggage. And I'm not. I'm not just like I wasn't comfortable with Dominican Sue's baggage, but that's a whole nother story. That's a different topic. So um, anyway. So the next thing, yeah. since you mentioned Nick Foles, yeah, he's as of right now he's staying with the Eagles, yeah, and he's probably going to be the backup again. So we're just pretty much ditching burning hot take questions at this point, just going forward. We might just just do it. Well, might as well. Yeah, I, I don't have anything. I'm bringing. All right. So okay, so Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Yeah. Do you think he's making a mistake while staying in? No. In Philly. No. As a backup. No. Yes, he he no. is genius to stay there. No, he is not making a mistake. That's the correct answer. Because this went, no, no, yes. <laughs> no, no, no. He is not making a mistake staying there. Nick Foles will never pay for a drink in the city of Philadelphia <laughs> ever again. This is true. Ever again. This is true. Or a meal, probably. If he and Carson Wentz walked into the same bar at the same time right now, 
he would have no less than equal, probably more, requests for autographs than Wentz would. Yep. He is, he is what Dan Fouts was in San Diego, even though they never won a Super Bowl. He is the glory boy there. He is what um, Dan Marino was in Miami, even though he never won a Super Bowl. He's no, the glory boy. They went bo- to a Super Bowl. But they he, went to he a Super Bowl. He is golden there. So why on earth would you leave a situation where you know one bad hit makes you the starter again, and when it made you the starter the last time, you took the team all the way to the freaking Super Bowl? And won. And won it. Against Tom Unbeatable Pajamas Brady. (laughs) That's a good name. That's a good name. I like that name for him. Unbeatable Pajamas is a great name for a band. If you're looking to start a band, please just give us credit. Or a fancy team. Or Unbeatable. (laughs) That is a really great name for... And they go one in uh, fifteen. That would be hysterical. <laughs> if you if you put on the name Unbeatable Pajamas, the moment you lose a game, you need to change your name to Magic Pajamas because yeah. that's just that. Okay, so Definitely. all right, continue. One more piece of news, and then we'll move on. What else you got? What, um, what, should we talk about Andomic and Sue? We might as well. Dare we? Uh, we could because right now, on paper, on paper, the Rams look really good. The Rams made a lot of moves. on paper. <laughs> The Rams have made a lot of moves. I don't know if it'll gel, Are but... Are they going to win the NFC West with these moves? <sighs> That's kind of easy to say yes to because the NFC West is bad. Arizona is not, not going good. anywhere anytime soon. San Francisco, Maybe I think... Maybe will be better. San Francisco's on the rise, but they're on the rise to being 8-8 eight and eight at this moment. I don't think they're a 10-win team yet. Right. And, and Seattle, Seattle literally sold its entire defense during this offseason. So I think the Rams could go undefeated in division, um, in which case all they've got to do is go four and four outside of it. And they're or five and five and they're 11 and five and they're in the playoffs with 11 and five. So, right. Um, I even if this doesn't gel year one, it it's still uh, I think it's. Let's put let's put a number on it. What's the minimum number of wins for the Rams? I would say absolute minimum is nine. Yeah. Worst case scenario is nine, nine wins. Nine, ten wins. I would say. I mean, my gut feels my gut tells me they're gonna be eleven and five this year. But I, you know, from a fantasy perspective, they're gonna be a hot team to have. I think they're definitely gonna be the number one defense to draft. Um, yep. I think there's no question about that. You know, no matter what your defensive format is, they've got they've they've acquired folks who who uh, make picks. I mean. The Parker pickup is amazing, um, as long as he keeps his socks on. True, um, he does. He does not like his socks. Right, but I mean, he he intercepts the ball a lot. He's a, a safety who picks off a lot of passes, so he could do a lot of good things uh, for. Sidebar: you. If you don't know, what we're talking about with his socks. Um, just Google oh. it, and you'll see what happened what with his that. socks. <laughs> Britt is going for the second beer. Here, here's what I think of that. There it is. I'm gonna let this one breathe for a second because Craig is still working <laughs> on his first. I got like so. two mouthfuls left. Um. Yeah, but the, I, I can definitely see the Rams getting pretty far into the playoffs. I don't know if I don't know if it's their Super Bowl ready, but I can see them getting further than they did. So who else is? I mean, the NFC. Who else are we thinking as contenders so far this year? I don't know what's going to happen with like. Are the I Vikings going to be good with Cousins? I don't know. Without McKinnon, I think a lot is going to depend on the draft. The first round of the draft is usually immediate impact guys. Yep. And it's a lot easier to have this conversation. And we still after don't the know draft. what the Browns are doing. Right. But here we are sitting in March 
Um, I think you've got to say the Rams are clearly head and shoulders above everybody else in the NFC West. I don't think there's a question there. It might be time for the second coming of uh, the greatest show on earth. The greatest show on turf, only this time outdoors. Outdoors. Now. Outdoors. Yeah. Is it still turf now? I don't know what they play on. They They share a field. All right, so let's move on to the other burning news, and this one became earlier today a Craig well, counter Craig issue. There is. Do you want? It? Okay, I have one other topic that we oh, need to get oh, to. Oh, really? Okay, I'll talk about one because more thing. It, invo- it involves um, something we talked about earlier this week. Uh, okay. Michael Bennett turned himself into police this week. Yeah, because he ran over a disabled person. He ran over allegedly. He injured a 66-year-old paraplegic person. Who was controlling access to the field at the at Super Bowl in Houston? Yeah, when the Patriots beat the Falcons. Correct, because he wanted to go celebrate. Um, with he his wanted brother. to go see his brother. Yes. Um, now I'm not saying he. I'm not defending him at all. Right. At all. Right. Um, but in your line of work, do you think it was wise to put this 66 year old pers- disabled person in that setting? Okay. Guard access to a field during the Super Bowl. Okay, so let me give folks who don't know me the background on this. My day job, I am a manager for a program that works with folks um, who are considered disabled to get back to work. And in my retired previous life, up until last year, retired previous life, previous yeah, retired, that, that makes sense. Yeah. In a previous life, I was a stadium worker for a minor league team. So I know a little bit about sports access and things of that nature and a lot about working with individuals with disabilities. I have nearly 20 years right now as I sit here um, in the disability employment field. Right. Okay. So I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to request that the court admit me as an expert on this particular (laughs) case. Um, And I'm not saying she shouldn't work. I'm just saying, should she have been put in that? The details of it are what matter. Was she alone? I doubt it. I doubt she was alone. I doubt there was. I, I would believe there's another person with her in that scenario. Um, the other part is, if you're going to have some inclusion of individuals of different abilities, you want to put them in situations where they're going to be successful. Not saying baby them. That comes across as saying baby them. Oh, it's a right. person in a wheelchair. Right. You got to go easy. No, no, no. You maximize where their skills and abilities are going to be best used. Would you put them in a front gate taking tickets? Absolutely not. Because someone in a wheelchair, okay, we're talking about a paraplegic, someone in a wheelchair is going to have difficulty scanning tickets and not blocking aisles getting in. Right. But stadium level access is a great place to put people who have that particular limitation and a place that doesn't have a lot of um, foot traffic is a great place. So the first thing I'll say is, the individual probably is not new. This was not like a one-time only thing. They probably worked the entire season. They probably worked the majority of that season at that location and knew it well. Two, they probably weren't alone because in high-volume events, you usually double up on your security. For example, I recently worked a, a concert at an indoor arena. Again, this is my other life. And they expected over 8,000 people to attend this concert. They called in private security. They took the existing arena staff and paired a security officer with each of them because of the high volume. So I'm willing to bet that as much as we talk about, oh, this poor paraplegic person in a chair, they had somebody with them that was backup. It was more of a team than a single individual. So my issue is 
no, we shouldn't have pushed past this person. Right, you no, should be course. paying better attention. Right. They're there to do their job, and their job is to restrict field access to folks who aren't supposed to have it. We don't know if he had a pass. We don't know if the individual was alone or working uh, as, a, as a, a, a team. So, yeah, I think he should be held accountable for it. Um, so you don't think the Houston Stadium has any... No, if anything, Houston Stadium should be applauded for making sure that they had diversified their work staff. Okay. Not a lot of places will hire folks with this disabilities for what we consider to be physical labor. Mm. And working at a stadium is a lot of physical labor. It's a lot of moving around. It's a lot of crowd control, things of that nature. So an individual who's paraplegic, I think NRG Stadium did a good thing by bringing them in. And by now, if they had sat this person down and said, well, you know, with your wheelchair and everything, you shouldn't have worked the Super Bowl. It undoes all, it undoes all the goodwill and the attempts to recognize uh, folks with different abilities that you went into hiring this person in the first place. Right. So no, I would not have done that either. Right. But you know But if she was alone, then that would be an then issue. Then that would be in my part, that would be that would be negligent on the employer. I would think the employer would be eligible to be sued there too, because the question would become would you trust if the person was built like me, was six foot two, or was over three hundred pounds, and they were standing alone in that gateway, would you trust them to guard that entire gateway? I wouldn't. Yeah. The number of people who are going to try to rush the field regardless, and it's a neutral site game, so whatever side wins, there's going to be people in that tunnel who want to get on the field. You would not have left one person there. You probably had three or four people assigned to that gateway. Honestly, you probably had three or four people, and that's in addition to the folks who are lining the edge of the field. The folks who are just regular security wandering the field. You probably had a ton of security there. So to me, this is probably more on Michael Bennett than anybody else. That being said, we don't know the details. But coming from a position where I worked in a stadium and I helped with that kind of stuff and coming from a position of somebody who works with individuals with different abilities and has worked with folks who have been in a wheelchair before, yes, to me, this is going to be on him. And I guarantee you there's video of this. Probably. And the video is going to show like three or four people with their arms out and this person sitting in a chair as part of a line restricting the crowd and he's just going to push through them. I'm willing to bet it. Now, again, guilty. We don't know yet. Innocent until but proven guilty. he did turn guilty. himself in, so yep. it's but, not like he's on the run, so I'm sure right, we'll find exactly, out. Exactly, exactly. And, and I think the unfortunate part is this comes from a guy who was himself the um, victim of pr- police brutality just last year. Was he? Yes, he was the guy who reported that he, uh, he experienced police brutality. I can't remember where. I think it was in Seattle. He was detained by police. He was detained by police in a case of mistaken identity and was very upset about it was very upset about it, and yet he's okay with pushing past somebody like this, even though it was before that. It was that the timing of it was different. Right. It's still, it's 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 a double standard. You can't have it. Right. Just can't have it. So, um, all right, let's all move right. on. So let's move on. By moving on, so, Craig is going to open his second beer. I'm going to open my second beer because I'm gonna, probably going to need it for this. So this one is called Poor Judgment. Poor spelled P-O-U-R, like you are pouring this beer. Poor Judgment IPA. It's made by Graysale Brewing out I've of Rhode there. Island. Very nice place. You have. I have. I, have. Not. I was there last year. Where the hell? Why was I not there? It's Rhode Island. We were we were in Rhode Island for our anniversary. That's not my issue. <laughs> okay. It's a nice little brewery though. It's actually a bar and grill. Um. It was. Uh. Where's the side of it? Here? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So on the side in 2013, Graysale teamed up with Poor Judgment Bar and Grill to brew their house IPA. And this is the beer that came out of it. All right, and apparently, um, and uh, side note, yeah, this beer I can only, you can only buy one six pack at a time, so that's why that's why I went with it. 
Okay, so I'll try this one first. Briz, it's got a good nose. Briz sniffing it. He's holding it up to it the light. Got, it's got average light penetration, not really light. It's not really right. dark. Okay. He's taking his first sip. Oh, wow, that burns. He, he burns. I don't know what that means when it relates to beer. <laughs> the hops hit you right up front. All right. And then just vanish. Like as soon as as soon as it ta- as soon as it hits your mouth, you get immediate just touch of hops and you feel like oh here comes the blast, and then it just goes away and oh. it's smooth the rest of the way down. It's very um, it's like a pretzel. What? It's kind of what it reminds me of. Like if you have like what? one of those big pretzels that are salted. Yeah. It reminds me of that instant flavor up front. Of the salt. Of the salt. Okay, now it's I kinda, understand your analogy. At first, I was like, "That's kind of what that's what it reminds me of." And I'm already got it in my head. The football <laughs> fig nuts podcast episode 39. It's like a pretzel. So write that down. There so it is. Well, it. <laughs> the beautiful thing is, I'm going to proof this tomorrow before we post it for release, and oh, I'll good. be like, "Oh yeah, that's right. That's what I said." So all right. So now it's time for all Craig right. counter Craig. If you are not familiar with this portion of the program, periodically Craig objects to something. And then uh, I tell him he's insane. So we bring it to the podcast. Craig spends two to five minutes explaining what is happening and why it is wrong. And then I spend about 30 seconds summarily telling you why Craig is wrong. And whatever he's talking about is a great or bad idea. Then on the day of release, we will take to Twitter. So if you're listening to this between, uh, let's see, what's what's Friday's date? The 29th? Uh, the 20, no, the wait, today's the 28th. Uh, so 30th. 30th. So if you're listening to this between March 30th of 2018 and say like April 2nd, please go to Twitter and search at FignutsDFS and we will have this pinned to the top of our profile so you can vote in it. And then we will discuss the results during next week's podcast. So Craig, what has got your panties in a bunch this week? Um, it is the new rule that the NFL wants to implement. Which one? Uh, there's several. I mean, they still can't tell me what a catch is without having a thesis. Well, you have to make a football move. Yeah, right. That's easy. Um, so the NFL is going to implement a new rule under the guise of safety. Um, the guise of safety. Guise of safety. Because you, right now, as of this coming season in 2018, no matter who you are, defender, Running back, receiver, lineman. Anyone initiating a anyone, tackle. Anyone, even probably the quarterback, I'll assume, punter. You cannot lower your head and initiate a hit. Correct. Correct. Now, here, now here's the thing with the rule. If you do that, it is a 15-yard penalty and a possible ejection from the game. Correct. So, everyone lowers their head. First of all, now I'm not saying targeted hits. I'm saying when you go, when you're about to get hit, if you're the running yeah. back and you're diving for the goal line, correct? You instinctively lower your head to dive. Mm-hmm. So what they're telling me by the wording of this rule is that Le'Veon Bell is going to dive for the end zone. Yes, and someone coming over to try to stop him. Le'Veon Bell is going to hit him with his head first because of how he's diving. That is going to be a 15-yard penalty and a possible ejection from the game. But at that point, Le'Veon Bell is not initiating a tackle. How do you know? It's objective. It's not. By the wording of the rule, 
How many ball carriers do you know that try to tackle themselves? It doesn't matter. It's the initial hit. It does that it does not say tackle. It says whoever initiates the hit. Right, but no player carrying the ball initiates a hit on themselves. Um, it says ball carrier. Ball carrier is included. It specifies yes, a ball it carrier. It says ball carrier. Okay. So now you're telling me, as someone who's played football, who's had three people hit him at once. Yeah. There is no way you're going to lift your head up. I understand that you have to look you have to look up and keep your head up for for safety reasons, but when yes. you're about to get hit by three people yes. who really want to hit you, you're not going to pick your head up. So, this is my issue with this rule. My issue with the NFL in general. The NFL will not admit concussions are quote unquote real. They know they exist. Um, they tried to stop the Will Smith movie about the concussions. They actively tried to get it not released. Well, they didn't need to do that. Luke Wilson was in it, so. Well, there's that. That's his whole. Separate, that's a whole separate topic. So, here's my issue. My issue is, the NFL can't tell me without a 20-page paper yeah. what a catch is. They're right. going to tell me that the referees who have been horribly inconsistent for the last two seasons about what a catch is. Okay. You're going to tell me that these five referees are now going to have to extra watch everyone, including linemen, uh-huh. about who initiates a hit with their possibly with their head. Right. So now we're talking about next season, we can actually see like one and what, 45 at the one yard line because people they may have thought people led with their head on three consecutive plays on three consecutive plays so my issue with the nfl is they're trying to say they're trying to make the game safer Mm -hmm. with this rule now really with what this rule is doing to me is really just protecting their pr okay because the nfl they promote little kid football little kid football peewee football age seven is tackle football right so kids are already starting to hit their head when they're seven. They won't actually come out and say concussions are a thing in their sport. Now, I, I love football, but it's a danger. It's a very dangerous sport. I played for four years. I parts of me really hurt because of it still. And that was what, 22 years ago. So for me, for the NFL to say to me, well, we're going to implement this rule. We still don't know what a catch is. Um, but we're going to put this rule in so the game's safer is kind of just BS to me. It really makes no it makes no sense. You're going to tell me referees who can't tell me what a catch is are now going to watch everyone and arbitrarily decide if that guy led with his head. Did I lead with my head? Did I hit you with my head while I was diving for the end zone? Maybe. Me personally? No. No. We, we, no I, I didn't play <laughs> football in high school, but that's beside the point. So here's my thing. I'm all for them trying to make the game safer. But they really should have implemented this in stages. They should have tried it out in preseason before they said they were going to make this an absolute rule. So, because I know the referees are going to have, they're going to be full time refs now. So hopefully that will help. Yeah. But this is going to be the first year they're full time. They're not. They're still not going to know what they're doing. This is going to be a game changing rule. That one referee is going to say, well, yeah, he probably hit him with his head. Oh, the Rams lost the playoffs now because, you know, it's 45 yards. So that's that's my issue with it. 
my issue with it is L, the NFL is being very hypocritical. Okay, so here's why you're wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong about it being a Band-Aid where a tourniquet is needed. That is absolutely true. The NFL is trying this as a purely PR there. move to say... High school and college football, they do full hit drills four or five days a week. Yes. And then they play on Saturday. Yes. What's what? What's the NFL doing for that? Here, here's why you're wrong. Here's why you're wrong. You're right about the, the whole, this is PR, they should do better things. But I'll use your high school example. Those high schoolers are being taught heads-up football, which is never take your eyes off the tackler. This is something we've been taught now for over five or six years at all the levels under college. And I think they're teaching in college now, but I'm not 100% sure about that. The heads-up football rule has worked in other levels. Now, granted, right. it's a difference when you're a running back and you're at full speed as a 25-year-old man with a 300-pounder barreling down on you. It's different than if you're in high school. I get that. I don't think it's going to be that big of a culture shift. Craig just glanced at the clock to see how much time he took up. It took about six <laughs> minutes, just so you know. Your 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 plea was well-impassioned. Well Still wrong, but well-impassioned. Um. Oh, I just totally lost my train. I thought, damn it. <laughs> I'm only a beer in. Um, it's not going to be that big of an adjustment. It's a culture shift. But everything in football has been a culture shift. Pass interference rules, stiff arms, all True. of those things have been culture shifts. I don't agree that we should implement it in phases. That's just going to confuse players more. Football players are creatures of routine. Right. They have to have the same routine. If you sit there and go in week one through four, or this year, you're going to be allowed to do this, but next year it's going to be a little different, and the next year it's going to be a little different after that, you are just going to anger people and create more confusion. It is better to make a bigger change now, allowing the teams to adjust in the six months before the season, than it is to make incremental changes. Experimenting with things that don't interrupt routine, like play, co play clocks, uh, kickoff uh, length, uh, extra point length. You can do that stuff during the preseason. I'm fine with that. It doesn't really affect how they prepare. But this is a fundamental shift in how they view the game. So I think it needs to be just done and done straight out. Is it enough? Absolutely not. Is it done for the right reasons? Absolutely not. It's a PR move. But I disagree that it's going to be that big of a shift with six months to prepare, OTAs and training camp to go, that you're going to sit there and tell me Le'Veon Bell can't figure out he needs to keep his eyes up as Le he's Bell, diving for the end zone. Le'Veon Bell's been playing football since he was probably six years old. And the rules have changed so, 45 times in that period of time. So and he's adjusted he dives, to all of them. When he dives for the end zone, he's going to put his head down when he knows he's about to get hit. Not and, now, and now it's up to a referee to decide, well, did Le'Veon Bell hit the linebacker first? Like what they can't, the, this is my problem. They can't tell me what a catch is. No referee team. You have to separate the rules. It you doesn't matter. No, they're it does. very, they're very inconsistent out of every sport ever that has really? a referee. They are highly inconsistent. You're wrong there too. Where's the no. consistency in the strike zone in baseball? Yes, but you know, every, oh, fine. But where's every, the, every, wait, wait, wait. every empire has his own strike zone. So once you get to the second inning, you, everyone knows where his strike That's zone is. That's not always true either. I've seen some really bad umpires whose strike zones change throughout the game and based on pitch, like pitchers. Like Leslie Nielsen. Like, yes, <laughs> I saw Greg Maddox play and Greg Maddox's strike zone was three times larger than the guy who came in before or after him. 
absolutely Maddox could make the ball, quote-unquote, dance. Okay? Soccer refs, tell me what offsides is. Offsides is when the ball is kicked in the air and the defender is closer to the goal than the other person at the time the ball passes over their heads. Totally subjective. Basketball, travel. What's a plant foot? Sometimes Mm. the ball of foot has to stay up. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you can turn on it. Sometimes you can slide. Sometimes you can't. Every sport has that one rule where no matter what you do, it comes down to subjective view. This is just because I watch the NFL more. So to me, it is. It is. But here's the thing. You cannot sit there and say you can't enforce rule one, so you can't enforce you can't enact rule they two. Have it, well, in the past couple of years, they really aren't that competent. They're comp which is why they're making a change, supposedly so full time. They're gonna be full time. But then once we get to the Super Bowl, they're gonna just decide they're gonna pick a random group of guys who have never worked together to call a Super Bowl. Did you feel the Super Bowl was badly officiated this year? As opposed to other ones? No. Or as opposed to an average NFL game. As opposed to an average NFL game? I thought it was well officiated no. all around. It was because I felt like things they would have called during the season, they didn't. That's fine. So. That's fine. I'm just pondering that statement in my head. <laughs> Not so that that long pause is me pondering <laughs> that statement. That's fine, but I don't think we can sit here and say, you can't get the muffins right, so don't even think about bacon cookies. I will always take cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's Over muffins. there's the subtitle. Oh my god, cookies versus muffins. That's not what even are chocolate chip muffins. I don't like chocolate chip muffins. Do you like chocolate chip cookies? I love chocolate chip cookies. Hmm, interesting. Don't distract me because I had a beer. <laughs> All right, so there it is. Craig gave you an impassioned plea. This I just rule, think it's really BS by the NFL. It's it's just a PR move by the NFL to make them look better. This rule, when they could be doing eight other things to actually improve. This rule is a PR move by the NFL because they realize people are worried about head injuries but don't want to actually address head injuries. I say let's do whatever we can to try and reduce head injuries. And if it's even if it's a PR move, let's see how it goes before we poo-poo it. We'll let know, you decide. Just, uh, we'll let you decide. But here's the other thing, too. If you keep your head up while you're getting hit, yeah, there's a very good chance your head is going to snap backwards. I don't think so. If you're uh, bracing yourself for the hit, you can, you know... How nah, many guys? How no. many guys do you see when they're carrying the ball scrunch their shoulders up because they're yeah, bracing? Yeah, because they put their head down. They don't pick their head up. Here's the thing: you pick your head up, and then someone's tackling you. You pick your head up. Someone else is going so to hit you. Where are they and hitting you? Your head you? is going to go this way. Where are they hitting you that your head goes backwards? In the chest, just by pure physics and force, your head is going to go this way. By physics, your head is going to continue forward because an object in motion tends to stay in motion. Not when a 300-pound linebacker hits you at full speed. That's why I don't think you're, you're... I think you're overthinking this. No, I've been hit that hard. Your head goes this way. I know you've been hit way. that hard because you're making this argument. It's obvious you've been hit very hard in the head. <laughs> your head go, your head goes this way. And guess what? Your head... Your neck can snap that way. That's the thing. We're going to so have to here, see it. Here it is right now. Someone... I think you're crazy. Rule, because of this rule, someone is going to get hurt. See, now here's the beautiful part. Back. Here's the beautiful part about Craig's, Craig's position. running back. Some running back blows out a knee or a shoulder every year on a really nasty tackle. So what's going to happen is around week four, somebody's going to go down with a knee injury after a really nasty hit, and their head's going to snap back or snap forward as a result of it. And Craig's going to go, "See, I told you." You remember Napoleon? I told you. You remember Napoleon Kaufman when he got hit? Yes. And his leg went up like behind his shoulder in midair. Yes, he was doing yoga. He was. That yes. was actually just a sprain. 
Yes. That's actually really impressive. I can't believe that actually happened. <laughs> I can't believe that. Actually. So this, so that is our Craig counter Craig thing. We always joke that I'm always right and Craig's always wrong. That is not the case. Twitter decides. I would like to point out that I am three and zero on Twitter in these arguments. Are you but, actually? We didn't oh, see. by a wide margin. I didn't check the last poll we did. Uh, it was like seventy-seven percent to twenty-one. Was it? Yeah, twenty-two. Yeah. Oh, that was the is Brady. Was it? Was it Brady? Is I don't uh, remember what it was. I just remember looking at it and going, "Yeah." Was it Brady as a system quarterback? Might have been that one. Might have been. I have no idea. I I, yes, you know, we'll might have been because you were like Brady is only good because he's in New England in the right system. And my argument was, well, every quarterback is in a system, <laughs> so you can't you can't fault the guy for being in the right system. And like seventy seven percent of those seventy seven percent, I'm pretty sure ninety nine percent came from the New England states or a Patriot. That's fans. very possible. So that That's that very, flags it too. Very possible. So, we will put that up on Friday at Fignuts DFS. Come look for it Friday morning, probably around 11 a.m. We will put up this Twitter poll and, and let who, it run. Who knows? Maybe they won't enforce this rule at all. Yeah, that's I'm, entirely possible, too. Like, I like mean, they, I firstly feel they should have just done what um, college does with tar- the targeting rule. Yeah. I feel like this was way. But that's even subjective. And that is even worsely regulated. I mean, have you seen some of the stuff people get thrown out for in college? It's terrible. <laughs> It's terrible. It makes you think the referees are on the take. No, they probably are. Well, those guys are even more <laughs> part-time. You know, I always worry. My, my, I'm a UConn fan. UConn is bad at football. Um, they are. And UConn football is mostly... the game's fun. The what's games that? Are, the games are fun. Well, they were. I mean, a little part of me died. I mean, again, their head coach is a guy who abandoned the team at a bowl game. Got on a different plane so he could go take a job in Maryland. Like Bill Belichick? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Um, didn't even fly back with his team. So I, I, and then, and then what do they do? He becomes available and they stink. So they bring him back, you know, as long as our state has money to pay him, I guess, I guess so. I don't know. We, we, (laughs) we got all, we don't have a lot of money. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I, as a quick aside, I did the economic forecast for the state of Connecticut as an external ability for my agency today. And it was not all positive news. It was like, Hey, unemployment's down, but it's better than other states in here. (laughs) Hey, manufacturing's up in every state but Connecticut. It was not the most uh, it was not the most uh, positive email I've ever sent my bosses. Let's put it that way. So, um, so we have to wrap up a little early today. Why? Because it's the yeah. end of the month and we're out of data space. We're we a, a low what budget. Did you, what did you think of the beer? Oh yeah, we didn't do. Uh, yeah, we can talk about that. Um, What'd you eh, think? All right, for both of them. Okay, that's fair. I wouldn't say no to it. That's why we're getting. That's you why know, we're trying it'll to get you drunk. But that's why we try new bears. I'm not a fan of either of them. They're probably about three, three, two point twos on uh, um, untapped. So we'll see what happens. All right. Okay. This weekend, I did a lot of drinking at the con. A lot of drinking. And in two days, you'll do more. Yes, because we're going to New England Brewing Company. Did we mention that? Yes, we did. I know we did. Um, but we're going to go to New England Brewing, and I, if I remember correctly, there's a tour starting at 2, so we're probably going to go in the middle of the afternoon so we can grab a tour. Um, I have to run some errands in the morning, but we'll, we'll definitely get there on time. Uh, but, yeah, we should, uh, we'll should. we we'll double-check with Cinch to make sure he's going to join us, and we'll, we'll go from there. But uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we're forgetting. Um, um, I mean, not only did I drink a lot of beers at the con I this weekend... So. I drink a wide variety of beers. Oh, really? Uh, let's see. Anything you uh, enjoyed? Well, I enjoyed all of them, but it was okay. I didn't. Draw, I didn't drink anything that was out of the or, or something I hadn't had before. 
I did buy more of that Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze. Okay. I went through a four-pack of that. Um, I had a couple um, Namaste Whites by Dogfish or Doghead Fish. Uh, uh, let's see what, what was that I had. like? It's a uh, it's a it's a it's a white white. Oh, you can make me say this. Wit beer. <laughs> um, it was good. It was decent. It's one of my wife's favorites. Uh, Stony Joe. I had a couple Stony Joes because I from Stony Creek. I love them a great deal too. Um, trying to think of what else I had, but I, I had a fair few beers. So it was it was a good it was a good convention. You need to come to the one in the fall and play XCOM. You That's like right. the stupid XCOM board game? Come play it with other. I do hey, other you're the, you let us you had us win the last time we played. Yeah, I've I yeah I've yeah. You were the chief scientist. I was a chief scientist who was throwing inventions at people like like I was freaking 007. <laughs> what was that was a Q? Who was the guy who supplied Q? Q always Q. supplied 007 with his gadgets. Yep. I was freaking Q, and like everybody's like, we're gonna lose, and I'm like, oh, no 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 no, here take this, shoot that <laughs> alien. I'll take this, shoot that alien. Let's go. So all right, final thoughts, Craig. Uh, final thoughts. I'm really surprised we have this much to talk about in the off season. Cause uh, again, I really didn't, I thought we were just gonna have to make stuff up. And, and with the draft approaching, it's going to only get what better. What's the draft soon? Right? Uh, uh, end of April. Weeks, right? Oh yeah. Well, right. I think we're about weeks. three weeks out. So we got a couple more weeks before we have to, so about two weeks, we'll do our draft preview. And then, uh, then once May hits, we'll start doing our, our draft review. Yeah, I still think it's too early to do mock drafts. People are still doing those. But. I see a lot of them. I see a lot of the bigger podcasts doing it. That's fine. Let them go. Go ahead, guys. Knock yourselves out. I would rather wait and see how the draft um, shores out before I start putting out rankings. Um, but I understand that there's people who want content. Yeah. Um. So definitely. So uh, final thought on my end. Uh, oh. Oh. Well. Final thought on my end. Something. Um. Have I ever introduced you to the board game Baseball Twenty Forty Five? 2045 it's called baseball highlights 2045 no it's a simple card game takes a very brief period of time to play it's really play counterplay back and forth where you can play an entire baseball game in like five minutes nice it's fantastic um it's set 2045 in the future the pitchers have cyborg arms you know robots play etc the guys who designed it mike fitzgerald um and i believe eagle games is producing it are making a sequel called Football Highlights 2052 huh, that was played at the convention last weekend, and I did not get a chance to try it. Oh. I, they were playtesting it, looking for holes so they can fine-tune these games before they release, Yep. and I did not get a chance to play it. Ralph Anderson was there, nice guy, great guy who introduced me to, to Baseball Highlights, and I when I, saw he, when I heard he was there and he was doing it, I was like, oh, I missed it. So we may have a fantasy football card game to be talking about in the not too distant future. All right. So I look forward to it. Yeah, that'd be that would be pretty cool. That would be a, a fun one. If it's anything like baseball highlights, it takes less than an hour to play the entire game. Um, and when I say an entire game, it's like a seven game series. It's less than an hour. So um, in the meantime, guys, enjoy your week. We will be back next week with more uh, arguing and uh, more <laughs> Twitter talk. Uh, in the meantime, I am Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>